This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. G.K. Chesterton has often been called a prophet of paradox, or the apostle of paradox. The he known for his wit and his wisdom, and a sort of snarky way of delivering blatant truths that were founded upon his generic Christian and then later in life Catholic understanding of things. He is one of my favorite writers of the 20th century and often is, I think, almost overemphasized among some traditional Catholics. And I say that with some hesitation, but it's there's almost like a superficial love of Chesterton and like the same five documents he wrote. So I used to bring a lot of Chesterton to this channel and I stopped for a few years, honestly. But I'm deciding to bring Chesterton and like I did last weekend, Heller Belloc back into rotation if I can. And I found this interesting little piece where he asks the basic question, are we responsible for our actions? And it's a letter he wrote to Americans and that it's something we need to remember it as sort of a type of biting political commentary. Are we responsible for our own actions? It's a question of free will. It's a question of how does this expressed in the public sphere if we are responsible for our own actions. And if you have been paying attention to some of the real weird, loony things going on in the broader culture in the United States, as I am telling you this then you'll understand that this is a question that has apparently been answered in the negative by at least some of those in authority as they take people who decide to go on their sprees of chaos, going into stores and just taking things if they want them in large amounts, that not only should those actions not really be punished, but those who do get caught and taken in by the state will just get not even a slap on the wrist. They'll just be released back into the wild because they are not responsible for their actions for one reason or another, that just sounds on its face ludicrous to any person who hasn't completely fallen into the trap of ideology elevated to the level of a religion. And so, bearing all that in mind, the state of the world and how bad things seem to be getting out there, G.K. Chesterton asks us a very basic question. Are we responsible for our actions? And here is his answer. I believe I am responsible precisely as I believe I am awake. If I choose to say that I was at this moment in a dream, and it did not matter what I did, nobody could possibly offer any final proof that I was not in a dream. This is plain, for the simple reason that no one could offer any proof that might not be offered in a dream. But if I ate all the family's breakfast and then told them that they were a dream family, you would say simply that I was mad. That is all that real philosophy has to say about a determinist. He is mad. Mad does not mean stupid or illogical, or without arguments. Madmen always have excellent arguments. Mad means fixed in a mental position which cannot be reconciled with actual human life. Any belief is insane which makes most of a man's human words and acts unmeaning. It may be his belief that he is a piece of glass. It may be his belief that he is a piece of the mechanism of fate. This is the serious point about free will, that it is a primary phenomenon a postulate with which all minds unconsciously begin, a condition of thought, not a result of it. Mr. Blatchford and all the opponents of it tie themselves into inextricable knots of illogicality because they try to conclude by denying something which, by the nature of their minds, they have begun by assuming. 
their final proposition turns out to be men ought not be blamed, which is something like a contradiction in terms, for it literally means men ought not be to say ought not. Mr. Blatchford especially has come to great grief over this. He says in the substance that blame is blamable. That is, that because he should not blame anything, therefore you should blame something. What is the difference between his animadversions against blame and ordinary animadversions against sin? The substance of his position seems to be that you must not attack immorality, but you may attack morality. All this arises from the simple fact that he, like all human beings, thinks instinctively in terms of free will. He says that the bottom dog is not guilty. The very expression indicates that there is conceivably such a thing as guilt. You cannot say that a thing is not blue if blue is unmeaning to you. I said a moment ago that determinists were mad. I withdraw it. They are only mythical. The matter is old and wearisomely simple. There are a certain number of questions that a man can ask for fun, but which he can only answer one way and remain at all. Modern freethinkers, being always conventional and in a rut, can only think of one of them, the doubt touching free will, and with that they weary the world. There are about six others. One of them is whether anything exists but oneself. Another is whether oneself existed an instant ago. Another is whether there is any such thing as that very causation for the sake of which free will is abandoned. However often you drop a stone, you can never prove that you cause it to fall. The very thing which is said to disprove free will is itself unproved and unprovable. It is solely a question of sanity. I think here he is saying that the world has gone mad. This is not a new thing. He's written numerous books on the subject with titles like What's Wrong with the World? And one of the things he talks about is essentially the separation of logic from morality. When you take away the morality of Christendom, you create a situation where everything becomes illogical. Christianity has, among other things, a very basic logic. Now, this is, of course, the consequence of the divine logos, meaning the second person of the Holy Trinity, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word incarnate, meaning the and. When we say word, we do not mean Bible. We mean the logic of God, the the laws of the universe. When you look at the word logos from Greek, which is what the what in what the word word comes from in sacred scripture, it has this enormous long definition. But it can be boiled down to sort of the law of reality. Jesus Christ is the law of reality, and when you take that away from society. Man is left to his own devices and comes up with some very absurd ideas about how things should be run. The more our society has separated itself from God, the more mad it's become, the more estranged from reality. There are no more immutable laws of reality except one, which is if you claim there are immutable laws to reality, you are a bad person. That is where we are left now. We are no longer responsible for our actions. There is something else, some phantom systemic issue that feeds into, that enables those who say such silly things to push for their real desires, which is essentially the destruction of any traditional structure, be it family, nuptial relations, any of that stuff. Gone. It all goes back to divorcing man from God from taking and rejecting Christ the King 
and putting him away out of sight to, at least for the time being, tolerated in private. But someday that tolerance in private will also be removed from us. And when that day comes, friends, you will know how we got here. It began with man coming up with an excuse to say we are not responsible for our actions. And it began, really, when man decided that the law of God was not something we wanted to abide by anymore. Not just in our sin, but that we wanted to embrace and live our sin. And when you see that, when you understand that, you can also understand better what's going on in the church these days. What do you think of this essay by G.K. Chesterton? It's very short, very poignant, very punchy. Let me know what you thought of it in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.